And we're live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me today for another live episode of The Blind View. Um, starring, well, not starring, but with your host, Becca Meadows, and T.P. Lucas is also joining me today. How are you, T.P.? How are you? I'm doing good, mommy. I'm good, T.P. Guess what happened the other night? What was that? Okay, hold on. Let me mute my phone here. Um, so Wednesday night, I was in here working on my phone or working on my computer, you know, working on my manuscript like I've been doing. And there was all this ruckus out here on my veranda. Like I recently put a sliding door in my bedroom here um, to replace the inferior French door I had in, you know, so that I can go out to my veranda easier. And um, anyway, like Wednesday evening, the dogs were going ape out here on the veranda. So I walked over and I opened the door and I talked to the dogs and I teased them a little bit and I scolded them and and I think Precious came running in and like I had my other bed my other bedroom door open so they could run you know through or whatever but anyway later that night I was in bed and I got up to go to the bathroom and I have I'm low vision so I have some lights lighting on in my bedroom to help me find my way to the bathroom at night safely like I had my light on in my bed in my bathroom it was kind of casting out into the bedroom but as I was walking along I stepped in something squishy and moist on my floor now I have four dogs and sometimes a dog will have an accident on the floor sometimes the dogs will leave pieces of their toys laying around pieces of their toys that they've chewed up a lot and that will be wet with their slobber right so I didn't know if I'd stepped in a dog turd or a toy that had been chewed up but I reached down and felt and then I turned the bedroom light on so I could get a close look at it and I saw these dark smudges on my carpet and I reached out to touch it and I first thing I thought was dog toy and then I realized no this isn't this isn't cloth that's been wet this is flesh that's been oh. wet and so and and I turned around and I went out of my bedroom I went to the other end of the house and I got my sister up and I said sister I think one of the dogs may have killed a roof rat in my bedroom but then on the way back to my bedroom as she was coming across the house I thought oh man what if I'm wrong what if it is just the dog toy right uh -huh. but oh my gosh I was right there was a roof rat that the dogs had torn apart in my bedroom I think it was my German Shepherd precious but right outside my bedroom door here is my pool and my jacuzzi. And there's a pool shed out here too, like a, a plastic, um, a large plastic bin that I got at Walmart a few years ago when I moved in. And that's where I keep pool toys, um, large uh, floaties and stuff for in the pool. Well, Wednesday evening, I think the ruckus with the dogs out here was the dog must've known there was a rat behind that pool shed and they were chasing that rat so when i opened the door to see what the ruckus was the rat must have ran into my bedroom and, and the dogs walked it in and i later that night i stepped in its remains but it was so gross uh, you know yeah. um, oh. i don't do uh rodents and, and snakes and lizards and stuff uh, like that no i i can't uh, Oh. It was bad, TP. Oh, you just, your story was so descriptive. I could almost see it in my brain. 
And that's exactly why I wanted to share the story because it'll probably make it into a story of mine someday, but I wanted to share it with our viewers now while it was so fresh and vivid in my mind. It was a horrible experience. I mean, I stepped in that stuff, right? And then I right. stuck my hands in it to, to investigate it. Like, like all low vision people or blind people do, we see with our hands. So I felt it and I, it felt, you know, I realized it was probably the remains of a, a body of a mouse or a rat. And and so, yeah, I realized right away it was probably a roof rat because roof rats are a big problem here in Arizona. Yeah, um, yeah. But my sister confirmed that we had the exterminator come over today. So. Well, I mean, your exterminators live in the house. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, exactly. I think it was. So we've got three dogs and, I, and two of them are big. And I think it was the German Shepherd that probably got the rat the other night right. because he's precious. They right. But they territory. That joke is like you don't feed yeah. nobody. You don't live here. I, no, I ain't never. Yeah. <laughs> well, these roof rats, from what I understand, are like mongooses. Like they'll take on cats and dogs that that oh, are wow. very, very large, you know. And so I'm pretty fortunate that I have two large dogs. Yes, you might are. be getting more. So I love dogs. Now, what's the, the dog, the shepherd's name again? Um, Precious is my German Shepherd. Okay, that's the and one. Prince, Princess is yeah. my lab. And so Princess is really starting to get around. I remember when she was very timid. Yeah, remember when Princess was just in the closet? Like, All when you stayed here, Princess wouldn't come out of the closet because she'd been abused when I got her. And I was still working with her, helping her through the healing process at that point. But when my, you know, and my sister moved in before you were here, right? And when my sister got her, she really took over. I mean, I had been walking Princess like every time I came in the door, right? But when Amber moved in, not only was Princess getting walked all the time, but she was getting belly rubs all the time and she was getting treats all the time because... I never think to buy dog trees because I can't see them when I'm out at Walmart and stuff, but my sister sure can. And she always had made a habit of spoiling her dog. So when she and her dog moved in here, my dog, Princess, wound up really spoiled. And so it helped bring Pretty out of the closet more. And like Pretty was literally, she was in the closet um, because right. she was so timid and shy because she'd been abused. Poor girl. Ever to get her to take food from me. Remember, yeah. I used to have pills and a hot dog for her. Yeah, and so that she would take her medication, mm -hmm. and uh, a long time to take it. That was pretty cool though when she did. Yeah, you know, that I'm allergic to multiple dogs like that. Mm -hmm. Cats too. Yeah, when you were here, when you were here, TP, we just had Princess, and she stayed in the closet, and then there was Little Duke. So yeah, Ooh, yeah, he attached right to me. Oh yeah. Remember, I remember after you got hit by the pickup when you came back to stay with me again after you got hit by the pickup and you'd be here in my sleep number bed, you know, with it inclined and you'd be watching videos. You like you always watch like the Andy Griffith show and like the oldies on your iPad, right? And you'd be hanging out with Dookie in in the bed. And then I remember you taking uh bubble baths in my tub in my bathroom with the jets in it, remember? And you'd oh, use yeah. the THC infused bath bombs I had because you were in so much pain because you'd been hit by that pickup. That son of a bitch tried to kill you with his pickup. I'm sorry, oh. I'm so angry. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm me too because they're still driving like retards out there. And I, yeah, I won't anymore. I just can't do that one. 
you know, mm-hmm. I will cross the street. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. I take Lyft everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I take Lyft everywhere I go. But um, recap, Friday the 28th, right? Yep. And Mesa at Maya, uh, New York Pizza and Wings. Is Where's that the, 20, the 28th of this month or last month? What are you talking about? And um, it was the most explosive, one of my most explosive performances ever. We had a ball. The place was packed to the gills. Cool. And they bought a lot of t-shirts. I still have uh, some left, though. So make sure you come and see me live on the 25th of uh, February uh, downtown at the Phoenix uh, Center for the Arts. It'll be me, Cherie Luckett, Skills Hudson, and a host of other hilarious people. It's going down. Can I come and sell my books like I didn't do last week at your birthday celebration since I couldn't make it? Absolutely. Or... Okay, great. I'll, I'll introduce you to Seth. And, okay, uh, perfect. And Seth, give you a call and you, you two can set that up. Yeah, because, yeah, because. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys probably remember on our last show with TP, we announced that we would be at the show together that night um, celebrating TP's birthday. And and I would be there selling books and TP would be selling his T-shirts and stuff. And I was unable to make it. So I will be trying to go on the 25th. And I will probably be able to make it. I just, that turned out not to be a good night for me. So. Oh, that was such an explosive night for me. Oh, it always is when you're performing, though. Well, I mean, I just love to have fun. You know, I don't look at it as performing. I look at it as kicking it with a room full of really cool people, you know? Mm-hmm. And we had so much fun to where, like, I mean, everything was, like, by design. I was able to sit there at the table, and my cousin and his buddy made sure all the T-shirts went where they were supposed to go and to who wanted. I mean, they stood in line for T-shirts. First time ever for me. So did Brandon, did, did B-House, I, I, did B-House do a video to his page of the show? Do you know, or uh, a party? Cause I- oh, no. He wasn't there. He has, he's in a, he's casting a play, uh, The Soldier Story. Oh, he and, is. Yeah, it's a play. I'm not sure where it's playing at. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I don't have information, but I'm sure if anybody would like, in Phoenix area would like to go, if they Google plays, you know, local plays, a soldier story, B House is in that. Oh, do you know what part he's playing? Uh he's uh playing a soldier, actually. Um oh, wow. yeah. Um, there's like on his page there's like uh pictures of him with um with the uniform on, looking like a, a spiffy soldier too. Oh, I bet he's so handsome. I'll have to go see if I can look at it. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I had to, of course, you know, I had to blow things up to ginormous sizes for me to just see oh. pieces. It's okay. I, I make it work. Right. But, um, yeah, so, man, we, I'm just saying, the, the fun that we have when we're out, you, mm-hmm. you can't miss nothing, Rebecca. You cannot yeah. miss nothing. This yeah. next one be ridiculous. Uh, it was downtown Phoenix, safe area. Well, it was, the last one was in the safe area. Mesa, I had a ball in Mesa. Right. 
So TB, did you feel, how did you feel about, um, did you feel like you were in danger of the virus while you were out there? Were you concerned or did you feel like everybody was conducting themselves appropriately and you felt safe? I felt incredibly safe. Well, good. Felt, um, the, uh, nobody's, I mean, it was like one other person at my table for a little while. It was another comedian that mm -hmm. came out specifically to see me. Uh -huh. As he's performing on this month's show with me, uh -huh. and uh, he, actually, I believe uh, he's the host of the show. Uh, forget, forget names because I met so many people that night. Uh -huh. So, and I mean, but I know for a fact, next show is definitely uh, February twenty fifth, uh, Phoenix uh, Center for the Arts. Um, and what time that night? That night, I believe the show starts, I think doors open at seven and show starts at eight. Okay. And how much are the tickets? They're $20. This is the best $20 show you're ever going to get in Phoenix. Forget about it. Yeah. I, de I definitely encourage our local viewers to check it out. Um, yeah. I mean, like hosted by Deaf Comedy Jam, uh, uh, Comic Views, uh, uh, Celebrity Sheree Love. You see what I'm saying? She's fine all the way in here from Chicago. Is Tina so Graham possibly going to make an, an appearance? Um, no, Tina won't be here, but she's coming to Phoenix. Tina's coming back to Phoenix. Cool. I spoke days ago, and uh, okay. she's very busy, but she's coming back to Phoenix. Cool. Yeah, I think Phoenix could use a touch of her magic to help, you know, yeah. bring some life back to this community. Oh, yeah. So. And, well, wait till you see Siri Luckett. I mean, like, this girl here, she is oh. such an original. To the point I can't where wait to meet her. <laughs> the female comics in Phoenix that come to out and support this, she's going to help them step their game. I guarantee that that this lady is hilarious. Mm -hmm. I mean, totally hilarious. So it is what it is. February twenty fifth, Phoenix Center of the Arts, seven o'clock. T P Lucas. Sheree Luckett, Gills Hudson, and many more brought to you by Seth Easy Living and BRC. So who's so, the headliner? Uh, Skills Hudson is the headliner. Okay. I'm his feature or co-headliner and mm -hmm. the host headliner. I mean, this show is not for, for, for play. This is for real. This is mm -hmm. serious. When you got a headliner hosting a show, Two headliners closing the show. Yeah, that's a lot of show right there. Yeah. Well, it's it's bound to be a great performance. And I encourage everybody who is interested to check it out because it's time to get back out there and start living our lives again and start meeting each other and getting to know each other once again on a human basis, not just yeah. online. So I met really, really good people. Um I really did. And they showed me a lot of love. I just want to thank them again. Thank you so much. Because they really, really showed me love. And we had a wonderful celebration. Um, I had been running a tag. You know, I, I, the, um, I gave them my card, right? Uh -huh. And uh, when the waitress came back, she asked me, was I ready to close my tag? And yeah. someone that I, there's a Jesse guy that I was talking to. He's like, hold on, give him his car back. I got his tag. 
Oh, really? To do that, he was like, nah, TP, you are freaking hilarious. He bought four T-shirts and paid my tab. Wow. What a great TP. That's great. Yeah, that was a very interesting. I took a picture with him. It's on my Facebook page. Okay. His Facebook page. Faces on mine. Do you want to give your Facebook page for our viewers so they can check it out? or? Oh, just TP Lucas. Okay, so just TP Lucas, not TP Lucas comedian or anything? Mm -mm, just TP Lucas. Okay, cool. Um, Instagram is comedian TP. And on TikTok, it's uh, at TP Lucas. Okay, cool. So um, it is, is, Cash App is cash tag TP Lucas. Hey. Okay. I, you know, donates when I can. You know, <laughs> gotta survive out here. The COVID really messed the game up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it used to be I could be out every weekend somewhere. But, you know, COVID got it real scarce. And then that truck didn't help none either. So, you know. What I'm did you say? I, oh, yeah, the truck. Yeah, it didn't help none either. So it is what it is, you know. It is what it is. But so you what do you got? So, what did you say? What do you got coming up? Oh, so... Um, I think I'm going to be seeing my girlfriend, Mindy, today. Um, the other day, I found out that she was picked up by federal marshals from her place of employment. And we heard that she was being extradited back to Idaho. Like um, Nebraska? But, but she got, she, but they, they wound up not extraditing her back and they let her out um, because they can see that she's, like, working here and that she is, like, paying rent here and that she has a, a home here and stuff because she does she lives over in apache junction okay and um but my sister and i like when i found out that she was picked up i thought oh my god and first thing i did was i prayed for right because i learned a long time ago when you're in any kind of situation where it feels hopeless or it looks hopeless the first thing you want to do is pray so i i said a prayer for my friend and then I got a phone call from her other friend and her daughter saying, oh my gosh, she A, B, and C has happened. What can you do to help us or help her, right? Right. And that's the thing. All my friends know that I have done some extraordinary SHIT in my time and I know how to get problems solved, right? But what all I could tell these women was I've been praying for her and that's all we can do is pray for her. So we've been praying for her, praying that God would protect her, that God would comfort her, that God would give her wisdom to see whatever he's trying to teach her through this experience. And I got a phone call from her this morning saying she's out. And and she's, she's like trying to get her stuff back. But now we find out that her cousin and her daughter have stolen her paycheck and have been hanging out in a hotel, probably doing drugs and crap. So Mindy doesn't have any money, but I know her rent was paid, so she's got a house, and I know Mindy. She'll go back to work until she gets her next paycheck, and she'll be fine. But it just pisses me off that her daughter and her cousin stole her paycheck and have been hanging out in a hotel doing drugs at her expense. Well, uh, well I'm pretty sure that they won't be coming back to her house. So. Oh, no, definitely not. Right, not with those type of actions. Mm-hmm. But listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, the other day I watched a video 
it was a shorts video on Facebook, a video from that Morgan Freeman did back when Obama was in office, right? And I was so touched by this video. In the video, um, Morgan talks about overcoming adversity. And he points out how it, throughout his life, he's met lots of people who've said to him that that they don't know how how to how they could ever accomplish a b and c in their life and he pointed out to them well what's wrong why don't you and they said well i'll never get out of this town and as he pointed out the bus goes twice leaves town twice a day or whatever right we all have these same opportunities and the fact that there are people out there who are accomplishing things and getting shit done just goes to show that the other people who are sitting around saying, oh, I can't because of A, B, or C are wrong. Morgan Freeman did it. I've done it. A lot of my blind peers have done it. I've met other people who are not blind who have done it. Lots of people pull themselves up by their bootstraps and figure out how to do something with their life. And uh, anyway, I love Morgan Freeman. He is so wise. Um, and I encourage you guys to go up to Facebook and look for that video. Like I said, it's a shorts video. It was back from when Obama was in office, but it was really a touching video. And I sent it to Gino the other day when, when I watched it and Gino's response back was, oh, that's an old video. And I said, but it's still relevant today. I think it's even more relevant today than it was back when Obama was in office and, and Morgan Freeman put that video out um, because the message is still just as relevant today and our people need to hear it today. Absolutely. And they need to get a message from this show. And, and I'd like to be uh, one of the people, one of the uh, two mm -hmm. delivery. Um, this is what I discovered throughout my uh, ordeals in life, uh, both highs and lows. Um, one, you're always going to have to work hard to succeed, period. There's no, there's no way around it. But when you're working hard doing something that you don't like or want to do, that's called stress. But when you're working hard doing something you love, it's called passion. So find something you love to do and work just as hard as you would for something you don't like to do. And then you, your passion and your love for your craft shine through and you will prevail. And like no matter what you do, if you do your best and work as hard as you can and learn as much as you can, the skills and the knowledge you get from that experience can help you do other things in life. And so it doesn't matter where you're starting out in life. All you need to do is get out there and start living that life and start learning those lessons so you can start building upon them and do something with yourself. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like me, I know that I used to be, and I used to be able to roller skate really, really well, I always roller skate real well. And then after I became vision impaired, I used, I would put on like one of those reflector vests, like the construction workers and stuff use, like the roadside workers use. Uh -huh. And uh, the DJ would always let them know to keep an eye out for the blind guy. Uh -huh. Now, I would go into the middle and uh, get used to the skates and everything in the floor. And uh, they see how that I was, you know, really good at skating. And then they keep an eye out for me when I went around the, the rink. Well, mm -hmm. since the accident, my left leg was so, my left hip was so messed up to where oh. I don't even walk the way that I used to. 
So what I've been doing every morning is walking up and down the driveway in a circle uh -huh. over and over because it has an incline. And because uh -huh. uh, I am definitely determined to get back on some roller skates. I'm uh, good for you. You know, so I'm going to get my body stronger. I'm working on getting my summer body back right now as we speak. TP, when you get strong enough, you might try a treadmill too. I've been using my treadmill every morning for, well, as long as I can remember. Because even in Montana, I couldn't walk outside. So I was using treadmills there too, right? But once your left leg gets strong enough, you, that'll help you build your stamina. Just even if you get on the treadmill, let it go slowly. Like, I'll walk in circles in the driveway for two hours listening to music. You know okay. what I'm saying? That's it's cool. So, I, I, it's something about that treadmill that just doesn't feel natural. And it's like, it's it's so awkward for me. It's just, it's just yeah, I don't like the treadmill. Well, so, so you, like, treadmills used to be really awkward for me, too, until I started getting treadmills on my own, and I would mark them so that I knew what buttons were, did what and so like and I, I don't like going just straight and flat and slow so I put like the ramp up and and increase my speed and then I lower my speed and then I put the ramp down a little bit and that's how I adjust my the um the demand on my heart and my respiratory system to strengthen them right without really having to injure myself or or do a lot on my treadmill. All right, well, I'm gonna, uh, there's a treadmill uh, here, so I'm gonna see, they'll show me how to use it. Yeah, and because- Awkward and stuff, then I'll just go back to the driveway. Yeah, well, the thing is, you can start really slow, like I said, and it's just, if the driveway stops working out for some reason, like. So, for example, like here in Arizona in July and August when it's 120 degrees out, like the yeah. treadmill might not work for you. So, but you're going to want to continue to, you know, do your daily, your daily workout to keep rebuilding yourself, right? So, right. you just that's hit a Yes, Lord, how much? What did you say about money and gas? Who said about money and gas? Oh, I thought you said something about. Money and gas. Person, I said you hit a major nerve there, about that hundred and twenty, that hundred and twenty degrees. Uh huh. Yeah. And then I said, Lord have mercy. I didn't talk about money and gas. I mean, I don't drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I did, do you know all of Arizona would be in trouble? I know. Can There's a reason I don't drive either. Right. Can you imagine the havoc we would wreak? TP, you know, I bet you and I could get our Arizona driver's licenses because you don't, like, they didn't make my sister take a driving test to get her Arizona driver's license. She just did the written test and they sent her her driver's license in the mail. So, so I bet you and I could get our driver's licenses and then we could maybe start teasing the general public about us going out driving. That would be fun. Right. We could go test drive some cars. That would be the best way to do it. We'll go to a dealership and test drive some cars. I got a license. Do not deny me my uh, right to test drive. I do guarantee that we're going to bring this back in the condition we left it in. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to.
<laughs> you know how much, when I lived in Montana, I actually did drive um, out on a back gravel road once. And in Montana, you can usually find an old gravel road out in the country somewhere within 50 miles. So you can go do that, right? As a blind person, you can go out and drive. But here, I don't know any places around Arizona here where I could go out and drive safely. I honestly don't feel safe driving on the streets <laughs> here. Well, me, myself, I have this passion and desire for vehicles. I always have. I was, used to be an ASC certified mechanic. I drove semi-trucks. So I was thinking, what can I do to, to, to get that feel rush? So I'm thinking about doing the straight line, eighth mile, quarter mile, real fast. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking about building me a muscle car and have it trailer to track. And then I get behind the wheel and I'm only going to do eighth mile at first. You know what I'm uh -huh. saying? Uh -huh. And uh, at a fast rate of speed and uh, at a track. And then, Can you uh, imagine driving on the Daytona 500 track? You know, Mark Riccobono did that in the car he invented. Well, see, yeah, driving on the Daytona 500 track, but you have, where is Daytona? Daytona is in Daytona, Florida. Okay, Daytona Florida. Beach, Florida, that's where the Daytona track is, where they do, where NASCAR does their Daytona 500, or at least they used to. Um, I, I started watching NASCAR when I met my husband, and he got me really hooked on NASCAR, but I haven't had time to watch it in the last couple of years. I, when I grew up loving NASCAR, because uh -huh. uh, I've always been a car freak, you know? Uh -huh. I used to like the, the, the designs. And then back when I was a kid, they had, you know, the first black NASCAR driver, you know? Oh, what uh, was his Wendell, name? Wendell Scott. Wendell Scott? Cool. They have a, a, a movie out uh, about him. Richard Pryor played Wendell Scott. Wow. Yeah. Do we know what the movie's called? Um, ooh, Lord, I don't know. I can't. Uh, I can't think right now what the movie's called. I really can't. My brain ain't ain't been doing what it's supposed to do lately. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a, just all you got to do is search Richard Pryor movies and that one. Here, um, so um, let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, let's talk some more about this because I love NASCAR, and since you do too. So ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. We'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Hey, Here, ladies and gentlemen, great news. My third book is out, Metamorphosis. This is my first fiction book. It's six short stories and I invite you guys to check it out. Right now, it's only available in Kindle eBook and Amazon Print On Demand, but I'll have the Audible version out there ASAP. Give me a month or less, guys. And then, you also can check out my second book, Changing My Perspective. It's available in ebook, Amazon, print on demand, and Audible already. And you can check out my first book, Because You're Blind. This book is also available in Audible, Kindle, and Amazon print on demand. And you can order all of these books through my website, um, info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com. Okay, guys? Um, but I wanted to um, particularly um, share with you guys Metamorphosis. This book, um, well, I had a lot of fun with this book because we're with my first two books. 
I was constrained because they were um, memoirs. I had to stay, stick to factual stuff. In Metamorphosis, I was able to write more freely. And so I had a lot of fun with this book, and I really hope my readers will check it out. Um, anyway, you can email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com if you read it and you want to comment on it. Um, and I will have some uh, free ver uh, downloads of the Audible version when we get it done, I'm soon, I'm sure. Um, anyway, please make sure you are subscribed to my YouTube channel and stay tuned and we will announce when we get the Audible version done. Thank you very much and everybody have a great day. Peace out. We're back. Thank Hello. you for welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank, thank you for staying with us. How are you, TP? I'm good. While we were on break, um, I want the Richard Pryor movie is called Grease Lightning. Oh yeah, I think I've heard of that. Grease Lightning. Yeah, that he played first uh, uh, race car drive, black race car driver, Wendell Scott. Cool. Well, I encourage our viewers to go watch that movie and check and that out. It also stars Pam Greer, Bo Bridges. Um, um, what's the other Bridges brother name? Um, oh, I don't know. You know, Bridges brother. So, yeah. I'm really bad at that kind of stuff. <laughs> but it is what it is. Great movie. Uh, um, and you know, I, I could probably do the circle uh, pretty good by myself. I, I'm not so sure about with a bunch of cars, but um, I've been looking forward to building me a muscle car that can do the eighth mile in in the straight line. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, just before the break, I mentioned that there is a blind person who has driven on the Daytona 500 track, and that was Mark Riccobono. He drove his car that he invented a few years ago around the Daytona track. And you can go up to YouTube right now and watch that video. Just go up there and search Blind Driver Challenge. It's a great yeah. video and it's audio described for our blind viewers. I've watched it several times and I really enjoy it. Blind Driver Challenge. Yeah, yeah. Right. Have you seen it, TP? No, I'm gonna go check it out. Oh yeah, it's really, it's really great. Um, and I've ridden in that car with Mark driving it before um, I'm from Montana and I was a member of the NFB of Montana and w we are a baby, a baby affiliate in the Federation. It's a, a fairly new affiliate. And when several, well, not several years ago, it was around 2014, I think, maybe 2013 when we had our first state convention, our first annual state convention, Mark Riccobono came to Montana and he brought his car and gave us some rides, you know, around. So it was pretty cool. Um, right, on. right on. You know but, what else I want? I want to. I want to build me one of those custom, you know, like um, bug, like the Amish people use with the horse. Oh, a buggy. Yeah, but I want mine decked out, you know, like with technology and stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, you want Wi-Fi on your buggy? Right, 
and then the horse can take me the horse i can go walking and then i can have right him. yeah exactly i agree i grew up in a farming community and when i went blind at the age of 12 i was kind of jealous of the amish people that were around because yeah those teenagers like they could ride horses and stuff where all the teenagers in my community they were all getting cars and stuff and i couldn't get a car but i sure could have ridden a horse had they been available to me you know, I don't want to ask the horse back ride. I just want to use the horse to pull my buggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TP, I, I can definitely see you in a horse-drawn buggy, dude. Can I be there with you? <laughs> absolutely. And then I have, like, uh, batteries and stuff back there so they can power with some solar and it can uh -huh. power stereo because, you know, it's got to go boom a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. We definitely need a cool stereo system in our buggy. Right, got a man, and then you just go anywhere, you know. So, are we talking about a buggy, or are we talking about a convertible? <laughs> no, a buggy. I think we're a talking about a self-driving convertible. That's what I'm waiting for, dude. Is self-driving cars to be readily available at my local car lot, so I can go and buy a self-driving car. But I want a convertible self-driving car. I want a blue self-driving car convertible. That's what I want. <laughs> If I had a self-driving car, I'm not so sure that I wanted to be a convertible. It's driving itself, so I would probably want it to be a reinforcement. Oh, like like a like a tank? Yeah, more like a tank. Yeah, so that right. way, in that they want to go haywire, I can still be safe on the inside. Oh yeah, I know what you mean, TP. Yeah, if I wasn't gonna have a convertible, I think I would want a tank. Yeah, but the convertible is so awesome because I can have the sun shining down on me every day and I can have the air hitting me and I can hear the birds and all the wonderful sounds out there and smell all the wonderful smells here in Arizona. You know, how come they don't just make all the cars like bumper cars? Bumper cars? Yeah, so that That's way... That's a great idea! We should, we should, you know, I'm a member of the NFB, TP. The NFB, we go to Congress and lobby for things. We should lobby the car manufacturers, force them to put bumpers on all their cars so that blind people all can start driving. Because if all the cars are equipped with bumpers, no big deal. Be just like bumper cars. I mean, exactly. the bumper cars forever out there at those parks <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bumper cars be like 30 years old and still in use. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should just manufacture automotive bumper cars for the streets and highways. That way, when you have an accident, you can be like, oh. <laughs> so, TP, so listen, so they have clouds, right? So what right. if they invented some kind of car that had invisible clouds around it that acted as cushions to ward off things, like ward off uh, collisions with garbage well, cans or other vehicles that. or trees or stuff like that. They got the cameras for that now. I still say as a secondary uh, preventative measure, let's just yeah. do the big bumper around all the cars. Just like yeah. at the... At but, but, but does it have to be an actual physical bumper or could it be a virtual bumper? Well, if it was virtual uh, and something happened like uh, a power or whatever, then the virtual would go off. But if you have the physical bumper, uh -huh. you know, guaranteed to keep everybody safe at up to a certain hour speed uh -huh. uh, or, or 
then uh, this is like now all these cars with the plastic bumpers. The bumpers are called five mile an hour wrap around. Uh -huh. So as long as you're five miles, uh, or less, there's absolutely no damage, no harm to the vehicle. Well, right. we can do round bumper where there's like you know, uh, a 75 mile an hour safety measure. And so yeah. two cars 50 miles an hour accidentally bump into each other, everybody's safe. So now, TB, you know, as blind people who are interested in driving, you and I should be going to our city councils and to our mayors and moving them, like starting to move them to pass laws so that we can do this. Because it would bring us so much more independence. It would make a lot more sense for us to go to Congress oh. and them pass a law to where ride share costs the blind much less than everybody else. Right. You yeah. Know, we should have a substantial discount for ride share because we're not drunk. We don't own cars. We don't drive. So ride yeah. share, live or whatever. I think that for the blind, there should be a substantial discount for us. Now, that's something yeah. we're fighting for. When I get a lift ride and I see it's $23, I know it's $23 for everybody. Yeah. You know? But because I'm blind, I think that it shouldn't be $23 for me. I think yeah. that it should be. Uh, like $12, $12. Yeah. like $12. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying I want a free ride, but I'm saying because I have to use Lyft. Lyft and it should, it should be subsidized by, by like the disability services. <laughs> like it should be part of like, I, I believe every person who is dependent on that kind of stuff for transportation, we should get in our monthly allotment that, that we get, we should get like $300 a transportation allowance to enable us to use those services because it does help a lot. Like I know one reason I've succeeded so well is because I've been able to use Lyft because of my situation, but I know a lot of my blind friends can't. So right. I I had to break down and just add Lyft to my monthly budget because right. you know counting on sighted people ain't, ain't always the best thing I've ever done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, if a blind person, if a blind friend says you, you'll all get you there, they usually do, right? Right. So yeah. it's like, right. We know what it's like, you know, mm -hmm. not to be able to see like that. Yeah. So, I mean, but I will fight for cheaper rates or uh, uh, some type of financial adjustment so that the blind can afford to use rideshare. Yeah, I agree. Uh and, uh, so maybe our, maybe the Volk Rehab counselors could think about that because I know, like, I think Volk Rehab, like, they've traditionally given their clients, like, a computer and a JAW, like, uh, accessible technology for the computer, like JAWS, and they give us, like, uh, I had my own iPhone when I came to my program, so I didn't, I never got a, an iPhone from my counselor, but I know a lot of my other blind friends in the program were getting, like, new iPhones and stuff. So if they just kind of work that into part of what they give, like like they just figure in, okay, so these these blind people, in order to help them succeed for the first 12 months or 18 months, we're going to also give them $500 a month cash allotment on a card that can be used only for rideshare or something like that, right? So that they have money to get around and go do the stuff they need to do to succeed. Because well, you get old, um, put it in. App and you have a ride share account with Lyft, 
that that that's worth X amount of rides and dollars. You know what I'm saying? A yeah. mile, some type of way where we're accommodated a little bit better because transportation for mm -hmm. me can be you know quite expensive sometimes. Yeah. And then like, I'm almost everywhere, so um, when I get hungry, I think that's I mean because DoorDash is expensive due to mm -hmm. the fact. So when I, when I first when I first started learning about using canes and learning that there were resources out there for blind people mm -hmm. and that there was training for blind people, I met this visually impaired woman named Shelly who was working for the the folk or the local uh, visual services department in Montana where I was living, right? Right. And Shelly had this deal, like, because she, because she was visually impaired, she didn't drive. So she was taking taxis all over the city and all over the county to meet with her clients. But I learned that as a, as a, uh, as a, an employee of that, that tax funded service, part of what she was getting was a cash allotment for transportation costs so she could use the cab to go see her clients, right? Well, I feel like when they sign us up for Voc Rehab, like like they think about the a lot of these things, like they give you a computer and that works, or like the first computer they gave me didn't work, but they eventually gave me a computer that worked, right? And they give you like JAWS or whatever program you want, and then they give you training on how to do it. And then they say, here, go out in life and do something now. But I think it's at that point that they need to give those people some transportation help so those people can start going out with those skills and be like, okay, so now what can I do? And they can start going out and meeting people and making contacts and trying to see what they can actually do out there. You know what I mean? Because TP, you and I both know that as blind people, if you can get a cane and get out there and socialize, there are opportunities that come our ways, opportunities to do things. But the key is having the transportation to go out in public and do these things. Do you know what I mean, right. TP? And, and absolutely. And then uh, there's another idea that came to mind while you were saying that, and that you're absolutely right. And I think that they should be able to produce a product for the blinds, uh, similar, if not better than the body cam, so that we can have an earpiece. And, you know, there's somebody always live to watch what we're doing and where we're going. Keep us safe. I don't know if I would want to, I don't want to subscribe to that, but some visually impaired people may want to subscribe to that service. And we kind of have that already because with our with our our smartphones we have access to these apps where there's these volunteers that you can get them on the like, camera on your phone walk they'll walk you through a store or through a neighborhood or whatever because they can see yeah. read signs and stuff turn the camera around for stuff like that but mm -hmm. the, the problem that i have with that is i was looking for a different device because sometimes my phone ring when i need it the most yeah i never even use that but i know a lot of my blind friends do yeah, I, I use AI in the grocery store a lot. Yeah, CNAI is like the app for me to go to, you know. And CNAI is free, right? Yeah, it is. It is free. And have you they used it recently, TP? They introduced me to CNAI at the Blind Rehab and VA Hospital. So, but TP, I thought I had heard, I mean, is CNAI still being supported and regularly updated so that it's working well? Cause yeah, I, oh good. Because it has been awesome. 
Oh, good. Well, I encourage our viewers, if you're visually impaired, download CNA. I, I have it downloaded and I have used it a few times. It, it is really easy to use, but I was really afraid that over time it probably would be gone or be seriously downgraded in its quality because being well, a free app, they're not always well maintained and regularly updated. The CNAI app is all there for me. I've had to update it a time or two, but give you notifications about them. You know, and it's pretty cool. You know, I like when I go to the grocery store, I don't like to be rushed. So I, you know, I don't mind going alone so that I can just pull out my phone and let CNAI scan whatever I'm shopping for. You know, because mm -hmm. I could. I'm trying to get my body back and stamina build up. So at a, like a super Walmart, I can be in there three, four hours and have the uh, the time of my life by myself. But mm -hmm. if I go in there, we got to hurry up and get out of there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an outing for me. Well, Tipe, I'm really proud of you for continuing to move around and strengthen your leg and your sternum and your clavicle and everything that got broken in the accident. Because didn't your oh, clavicle get it too? Yeah, clavicle, sternum, shoulder, hip, and three breaks in the leg. Oh. Yeah. It it's just, a miracle it, you're alive. Yeah, that's, that's the, you know, it's a God that why I'm alive. Mm. God creates miracles. Amen. Yeah, and I'm one of them. So I, it is what it is. I make sure yeah. people know. It don't matter. You can be evil. As long as you think you're getting away with it, but when karma come back, uh -huh. yep. they fall that. Yeah. So now out is positive energy, and that's all I get back. Yep. Yeah. Because I used to be a, a humdinger, and then that truck showed me, hey. <laughs> 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 yeah, I can't imagine. So it is. Is I'm just grateful to be alive and doing my thing and and able, you know, I'm able, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wasn't able three years, but now I'm able mm -hmm. back on stages, having the time of my life. Like I was lusting for landing at a hospital bed and, and, and rehab and the wheelchair and the walker. And, you know, I had the mental, I had the mental struggle of dealing with this doctor. She was like the most idiotic doctor I've ever met. I've never, I've met some bits, some bad bedside matter, but so I mean, TP. like, doctor, for real. So, TP, so looking yes. at where you're at today compared to where you were at in the hospital bed that day when you called me and told me you'd been run over by that pickup, like in 2000 and what was it, 18? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you? I mean, do you feel like it was uh, your mental, your mental, uh, your state of mind, or that that helped you overcome it, or do you feel like it was more physical, that no. the, the physical fight that helped you overcome it? Well, um, I'm gonna say it was mostly mental, but um, the doctors and other healthcare said that it was a. a probably a great thing that I worked out all the time but before the accident but uh -huh. I was kind of you know I had muscles uh -huh. and uh I worked out every day and then I swam every day you know uh -huh. and then when I got to the blind rehab my room was right next to the gym oh cool 
tight, so it made it easy for me to work out every day. Uh-huh. So, um, I, you know, I made uh, white beaters look real nice, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. So because I was in supreme shape and uh, I never once gave up mentally, I believe that, that, that the, it was my mind that helped heal my body because I was in hospice and they didn't think I was going to come out of there. Uh-huh. So... You know, hospice is usually the end of the road. I, I know to that place. Everybody I ever known went to hospice, usually went to the funeral home after hospice. Yeah. But uh, I, I went from hospice uh, uh, to ICU. And then um, from there to um, uh, the critical, uh, not critical, um, stable. And uh, once, once everything was stabilized, they just told me I couldn't move or do anything. And they took care of me. They, I mean, they bathed me. They cleaned me. They, the only part that at most irritating is because I wasn't moving because I was just laying there. They were afraid of blood clots. So, uh, like four, four times a day, I had to take a, a shot in my belly. Oh, nothing. But after we, oh, was, after, were you, belly, were you on Catherine Bridge? I don't know what that stuff was, but I know <laughs> that after a while, I didn't. They were just stabbing me in tender spot. <laughs> Every spot. You just so, touch it. There's a stuff called heparin that they give that's a blood thinner that like and they give that to you in the injections in your stomach. They gave it to my ex-husband over the years because after his first heart surgery, he had to be on Coumadin. But then when he would go in for any procedure after that, he'd have to go on to the heparin bridge and go off of the Coumadin temporarily. And with the heparin bridge, they always gave him injections in his stomach. Yes, and that's a I blood mean, thinner, so I bet that's what you had. Yeah, that, that, you're right. That's that's the name of it. And it drove me nuts after my belly, you know, because like four times a day, no problem. Yeah. Four yeah. times tomorrow, no problem. But by the time the next week, your whole belly done been poked and grabbed all over for And it was and all everywhere. swollen and hurting everywhere, right? This tender, tender mm-hmm. belly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My no, poor friend. Grab it and it was too much. Uh-huh. But I made it through, you know. I mean, so what would they thought? I thought that I had shit to I'm trying to build a legacy for my no, I'm gonna return mm-hmm. that. Let me let me rewind. <laughs> Forget what they was thinking. Uh, I have something to do. I'm building a legacy for my children. I'm not trying to do nothing. I am building a legacy for my children. So that mm-hmm. long after actually gone, they, they can still have a good, comfortable life. Yeah, and just like as parents, we build a legacy for our parents. As Americans, we're all working to build our country to make it stronger for our our children, our grandchildren, our ancestors are coming along behind us. And our country's been through a lot in the last two years or so. And so I just please remember everybody that we still, we're still here and we still have the strength and the ability inside of us to pull ourselves up and start rebuilding our country. And But it starts at home, you know, with your family and yourself and your house and your job and stuff. Well, I mean, Actually, this country has been um, having trouble for like over 400 years, but we made it this far. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Different organizations, different people fighting and pulling to make changes. So mm-hmm. if we continue 
do that. The change, the biggest change that we really need, uh, not just in America on Earth, is is is, is people coming together as human mm-hmm. beings. Period. Yeah. Damn, you live. Damn, what team you like? Damn, what party you part of? Damn, all of that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because think about it. When when someone is in need, mm-hmm. like a, a, I was laying on the street in need of a paramedic. Mm-hmm. If, if it, do you think that the paramedic gave a damn about anything other than my injuries? Nope. Did I wouldn't have made it? Oh, this motherfucker's probably a Democrat. Fuck him. No. Wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. Help people. Damn their political affiliation. Damn mm-hmm. all, uh, their religion or a uh, personal belief. People in need need help. Yeah. Period. Yeah, and the thing is that God, because God makes all of us and he makes us all so unique, you never know what he put inside that person that needs your help right now. You might be saving the person that that cures cancer. You might be saving the person that that solves uh, that solves evil you know, that solves evil in the hearts of our leaders around the world, right? Or something like that. So, you never know. Yeah. Be kind all day. Yeah. And, and and just love yourself from the inside out. And then it'll be easy to love others. Yeah. And, it, you know, it really isn't hard to to just stop and help somebody if you if you see somebody who needs help. It's, um, it's not hard. It's not hard. And um, but but if you if you do that one little good deed, you'll find that God will bless you tenfold. And and the more you the more you uh, try to reach out and help people when they need it in the smallest ways, God will bless you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and hey, in the biggest ways too, it's, it's up to Him what mm-hmm. size blessing He sends. Mm-hmm. Up to you to always be doing your best at everything you do. Mm-hmm. See, if you're always doing your best at everything you do, then you can never say, have the excuse to yourself, well, I could have did this better. I just, I didn't give it up my all. Well, why would you, why are you doing it? You know what I'm saying? You give it all, do your best. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why your God-given time, priceless time that ain't guaranteed what are you doing? Yeah. Always be doing your best. And so here's the thing, guys. Mm-hmm. I've lived for a long time and I've come to the conclusion that so because we never you never know when you're gonna die. I decided a long time ago that the best thing for me to do was just try to try to be a blessing to those around me whenever I had the chance, right? Because um, the more, think about it, guys, if everybody, if everybody could just pull together and try to be a blessing to all those around them, think about how much good we could do in one day, right? Now, so here's the thing, it's gonna be hard to send this message to everybody, and get everybody on board, but if we, each of us who is hearing this message, if each of us tries to go out today and make the world a better place by helping somebody uh, lift their burden, helping somebody else carry their burden a little bit, right? Whether it's right. Uh, giving them 
babysitting because their their children are overwhelming them and they need a break or if it's um helping them with some groceries or whatever but I mean, it, it's easy to look around and find somebody that you can help in some way right and when you do that you'll get blessed and the more you get blessed the more you'll do it and the more you do it the more you get blessed it's it's a vicious cycle but it works that way and it's not really a vicious cycle it's a great cycle but that's how it works well i mean just here in phoenix alone yeah i mean there's a free way to help people here yeah. everybody how many times have you thrown left perfectly good leftovers in the garbage Mm-hmm. where you can get some disposable containers and put those leftovers in, close the container, and hand them to the homeless. The food is still good, but we throw mm-hmm. tons of it away every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we got people all over this hungry shit. Yeah. And it don't cost you nothing to throw the food away. Yeah. So food that's, that, that you're throwing away and give it away instead of throwing it away let's read yeah if you're gonna time. spend if you're gonna spend money on that food then instead of throwing it away might as well give it away so is that what you're saying right yeah that makes right. a lot of yeah why throw it in the gutter in the garbage can when it could be given to somebody who could actually be eating it right you know mm-hmm. why feed it to rodents when humans are hungry yeah. you know uh-huh. and, and and you know that's my take on that but it's about time we wrapped it up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, do you have any? Do you have any announcements about this weekend that you want to share with our viewers before we wrap up the show, TP? Um, no major announcements other than see me on the twenty fifth of this month at the Phoenix Center of the Arts, the Reed oh, Luckett, okay. uh hosting. I'm uh, co-headlining with my, another brother from Chicago, Skills Hudson. And I guarantee you, this is the funniest $20 anybody has ever spent in the city of Phoenix. There will, I mean, this is going to be a tough one to beat. Very tough. Because mm-hmm. one of the things we don't have on a regular basis here in Phoenix is three headliners on one show. Right. It'll be a great show. And I yeah. really hope everybody can come out and participate. Now, are there yeah. are masks required there, TP? Um. I'm not sure we're going to have to uh, go to the website and see, but I don't think so. Yeah, honestly, I my, I think I've been out several times in the community. It seems to me like everybody is, uh, um, it's up to the person, like they can wear a mask if they want. So right. um, I honestly haven't any pro- had any problems out there. Like I wear a mask if, pe- if, if I'm in a situation where people ask me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. But otherwise, right. I'm not. Concerned, so I'm not wearing masks unless I go to yeah. a hospital or something like that. We're around Phoenix is like teach his own, you know. Yeah, it's just nice right. to know people aren't getting harassed at the comedy clubs for not wearing masks. So thank, right? Okay, thank, thank you, you for joining. Hmm? All right, are you signing it off, TP? Or yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. It's um, you know, <laughs> I usually take an hour and then go and get my laundry done. Right. Okay. 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 Thank you for joining us, TP. And thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. And please check out my books. And make sure and check out TP's show on the 25th. That's a wrap. Play the music, Gina. Woo!
Thank you for watching Dutch's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel.